The hurdle is educating yourself on where you will fit in your supply chain. Learn that job in front of you and learn that job behind you. Where do you impact that? Because it's really about that connection and understanding. The Uniformer. Insights and interviews into the people and companies that drive the markets for uniforms, image apparel, and public safety equipment. The Uniformer is a production of the Network Association of Uniform Manufacturers and Distributors, the NAUMD. Well, hello, everybody. Yes, my name is Jeff Mason, and I am so excited to be here today with Jill Coleman of Alvinon. Hello, Jill. How are you today? I'm great, Jeff. How are you? Happy to be here. Uh, awesome. We're so excited to have you. And folks, I'm a new voice to the microphone for the Uniformer, so I just want to take 20 seconds out to introduce myself. Uh, my name is Jeff Mason, as I said. I've got 10 years in private label apparel manufacturing, 20 years in the public safety uh, business, and also uh, four years as a host of my own podcast. So I'm very uh, genuinely enthusiastic about this uh, interview and, and really happy to be here. So Jill, we uh, we really appreciate you carving out time today and tell us a little bit about how you got into this business. Well, again, thank you very much for having me on. This is my first official podcast. So I have been in the retail brand apparel business for 30 years. <laughs> and um, I started as a management trainee at Kmart in operations. So my first focus was really learning about data and how data drove inventory. And when the store shelves were empty, how you needed to make sure you had to get that those orders reordered. And so I took that opportunity at uh, Kmart at the time to really better understand all the merchandise that was sold in those stores. So I used that as a stepping stone. And from there, I ended up getting a job with an actual manufacturer to retailer. So I learned all about what it meant to make the product and get that product into a store environment. And then my largest was with Avery Dennison, where I worked 20 plus years, really learning about what did that data mean? What did that barcode mean? And then it eventually RFID and now we're at the digital, digital ID platform. And data is key to everything. So I was able from that learn about the retailers, all the brands and the the factories, because my role was to cover that globally and how they all work together. And then the last five years, I've been the pleasure to work with Alvinon, which is a different aspect of the supply chain, learning about, you know, the underlying body, the fit and sizing that would be helpful for that garment. But it's so way up in the product development phase, because yeah. usually where my goal, my role before was when it went on a garment, that first label right. in and the first label off pretty much learned a little bit about every aspect of the supply chain and where I see, you know, improvements made and where we're still kind of hanging on. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's kind of where my background is a little yeah, bit. Of thank you. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for giving us that tags, tickets and labels. Uh, Avery Dennison. <laughs> I, I know yeah. it well. Um, so, well, thank you so much. And Alvinon. So how does Alvinon fit in the industry today? What is the, what is the, uh, you know, company all about? So Alvino was founded in 2001 by Dr. Kenneth Wang, um, and the vision was to develop uh, marketing and selling uh, tools that would make that garment fit better. So a little bit of history as far as, you know, Dr. Wang, he was a medical doctor and his family had and family and friends had 
manufacturing for children's wear. And there was a lot of issues of garments coming back because they didn't fit well. So he, he had the foresight to look at how do we get a fit tool way back then to make sure that you could, you know, that garment fitted properly. So um, one of the first tools, and it was all about tools, right? The first tools that he used was, is, was designed in using Maya software. And if people are gamers out there, that software uh, animation was used by Pixar to make its animated movies way back when. It's a little fun fact. So where we are today is that all of our tools that we have, and we'll go through it in a little bit more, is, you know, everyone knows us for the fit forms or mannequins, but that is designed with 3D software in mind. And there's an AI component that we are continuing to weave into the future. And we'll talk later a little bit, some yeah. of the exciting things we have going on. So it's really about, you know, producing the, the, the right garment for the right body. And we have one of the largest data, body databases globally. I believe we have over um, 2 million 3D body scans in Asia, Europe, the Americas, Africa, all over. So we're really proud of what we, where we have been and where we're going with that information. Well, thank you for that uh, background. So how does uh, Alvinon fit into today's uniform manufacturing marketplace? So as the audience uh, listens to this, you know, what is that core competency for the hospitality uh, uniform market, the public safety uniform market? Our core competency is the fit tools, is okay. to how do you get that consistent fit on the right body and the right garment, no matter where you make it and no matter what audience that you're trying to fulfill, what your client base is. So it's the physical tool. And then, of course, now the authentic 3D virtual. Um, so it's that consistent fit and tool across where, wherever you are in your um, development process. You know, so we we worked currently today, we're pretty much every fashion brand, um, apparel brand work. We're, I'm breaking into yeah. more of the workwear. What we do work with workwear outfitters, um, Williams and Dickey. We've done some work with Cintas, Aramark um, on aspects that they need. The goal is how do we continue to drive standards? And it can be, we just want you to pick a standard, right? Because it's only going to help, you know, speed up the supply chain and your business. So, so would you say that uh, in it, you know, in addition to the core competency, is data collection uh, and is data information, you know, more of a hallmark for your company in terms of how you go to market? We work with anybody's data, right? We've also have over the years have done our own scanning events. I think we started way back when with Levi's and we, we work with every different scanner out there. We try to be autonomous and, and be Switzerland when it comes to that. We um, look, work with CDC information. So data is key, which is the science behind it. But you also have to have the art because you're dealing with a human body and that soft, soft tissue. Yeah. So that, you know, there's been some discussions around, you know, do you take just anthropometric data and make a clean, here's the spec of this person and this is how that garment should fit. And it doesn't always work that way because everybody, as you know, get as you older, taller, you know, yeah. the, the body grows differently. Sure. Well, we had an interesting conversation uh, at the SHOT Show. We got together uh, and, and Joe was mentioning that if you took a picture of a corporate gathering, let's say in 1980, and you took that picture of a corporate gathering now, and the the uh, pictures would look very different in terms of how 
individuals now, re, you know, the, the, how the weight and how the sizing has been redistributed over the last 40 years. I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but people look different than they did 40 years ago. And therefore, uniforms need to change to meet those differences, correct? That's correct. We're the land of opportunity, right? Our, um, the demographics have changed. People have moved to diff- you know, from different countries here. And I think we're people are capture we're capturing data differently, right? We're actually, and I'll just speak because we just came back from a sure. fitting with the U.S. Um, military, and we were testing out a theory, but they gave us data that we've been using that they've been using for the last you know twelve years. Well, the population that walks through those doors were shorter; they were some were taller, some were so the 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 distribution of weight depending on who, where they grew up was right. evident and it wasn't captured in data that was even 15 to, you know, 12 years ago. So it changes consistently. So we, on average would say, if you're looking at your population, if you're looking at your client base to really look at your data set within five to seven years, every wow. five to seven years, because, you know, there's people, different people in the workforce yeah. now too. Sure. Sure. I don't know if that answers the question. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, I think that, <laughs> I think the message is that the body is changing and the uniforms have to change with the body type changes out there. And, and, you know, it has to be addressed to capture that fully functional fit because when it really comes down to it in any of these capacities where uniforms are being made uh, for whatever market it is, the airline, the hospitality, the restaurant, you know, it is got to be, they have to be functional. They have to fit well so the person can perform their duties uh, without discomfort. Yeah. And also too, there's people are in the workforce longer. So as we old, if I just for myself, things have shifted, right? So my clothes fit differently and, um, not for a shameless plug, but if you check out Netflix, uh, next in fashion, Alvin on is in season two and there was, um, I won't give it away, but I think it's, um, Episode five, they had to create a garment for the from the 1950s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s. Wow. The young designers. Well, they pulled out models that were born in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s. That designer today, if she was designing somebody that was born in 1960, when her model came out, looked very beautiful, but things had shifted a little bit. So she had to make adjustments. And I think the key there is, you know, there we're entering the workforce at different times in our lives and people are staying in the workforce longer. So it's, especially in this in art, the uniform industry too, there's different jobs for different people. And, and again, I think the key too is that functionality. How does that fit work with that functionality of that garment and, and addressing, first of all, what's that underlying body and then building, but, but pick a standard. I think we're going, I'm going to go back to that because that's what, John Howard, our head of our consult, I'll give him a plug is pick a standard, you know, then you can adjust, but start someplace and stay consistent with that. Sure. Great. Well, uh, excellent input. And we'll get, uh, we'll get into some, some more weeds a little bit uh, down the road. Tell us a little bit about what your average day looks like. I mean, what do you, what, what, what does Jill do during an average day? <laughs> My average day. And I think the last couple of years, I, we're really prior to COVID, but more so since COVID is just getting up and maybe a little extra to balance my mind, body, and soul. 
So three days a week, I try religiously to work out with a trainer virtually if I'm traveling now or in person and then spend time with in prayer meditation. And when I can, I give my FaceTime call to my grandkids and um, see how they're doing before they go off to kindergarten and first grade. And and as one said this morning, tell them how great they are and they're (laughs) and they're beautiful. (laughs) Um, And then from there, I really level set. I, I do have a planner. I mean, I'm kind of old school that way still that I have to write things down. But I've gotten focused on what are the top three things I've got to get done that day. Um, and I go back to I started on a monthly basis. What do I have to get done this month? And then I break it by week and now by day, because I don't know about anyone else out there. But COVID is like you kind of were all over the place. And then now it's like, OK, we have to be I because I'm in sales, have to be strategic and focused and make it happen. And so I, it's helping, right, is, is because I don't want to go down rabbit holes, but I'm also trying to um, develop a new market. So it's like just staying focused on that. And and now I'm seeing some results, which is great. Yeah, well, very, very, very good. Well, thanks for sharing that. And what, what gets you, what really motivates you to get out of bed and tackle the day ahead? Well, I'm always up for a challenge. And, um, and, you know, when you're in sales, the dollar, you know, you have a quota, whatever. But to me, it's about planting seeds, getting those seeds planted, and then seeing them sprout. And that takes a lot of time. It's two mindsets. One, you know, I have to get up and I want to hunt. I got to hunt today. And then I have to, there's once you hunt and you got that customer, you still have to farm it. But it's a constant, there's a constant change. And there's, and I think especially now, because I'm more focused in the uniform industry is that I keep hearing issues around body armor and our, you know, police and our military and protecting them. And there's still a lot of noise that it's not right yet. And I know that if I can get to the right people, that we we have to collaborate together to make sure that that body is being covered correctly with whatever you're putting on it. So I think that's what's motivating me now is, you know, I'm doing more with the U.S. military and you know, they're out there protecting us and we want to help protect them. Well, that's great. Well, that's a, a noble, uh, you know, noble uh, cause for sure. And so speaking, you mentioned the pandemic um, a, a, a little while back and just looking at those pandemic years, the last three years, uh, did that change Alvanon? And if so, how did Alvanon change from the pandemic uh, experience? Well, one thing, um, Flexibility, the workplace flexibility, um, it's forced, you know, we have an office in New York City. And as people know, you know, it's not the easiest place to get into. And if sure. you, you don't always live in the city. So I think the, the good thing was that we didn't miss a beat. We were able to work from home. We were able to continue with the Zoom. Because a lot of us are remote anyways, but our, our customer service and our project team, I mean, they work, they work really hard, long days. And um, having that where they're not commuting helped. But also, we pivoted because just like us, we work from home. So did the product development, technical design. Um, and they were calling saying, I need a fit form. It's in the office. I can't get there. Yeah. How can you get me the tools I need so that I can actually do a fitting virtually, but with the same tool that my maybe my teammate that is in the office. So we had to pivot on that um, standpoint as far as getting tools to our clients. 
And then it just, because our fit forms were made in 3D software and we had already started creating the avatars, that just pivoted people to start using 3D avatars, which is the exact same tool that you are having the physical, but now in the virtual. And the ones that were not afraid to learn the software just yeah. um, jump in. You know, where are we two, three years later? They're now, they're now, you know, that's kind of like their number one go to. So pivoting with our clients and teaching them along the way that don't be afraid to use starting a new tool or using a tool. And yeah. I think that's the biggest thing is just being open to, um, get everybody together yep. and move them forward. You know, we've, we've been ready for it. We've been, like I said, yep. our, the fifth forms have been 3D 30 plus years. Well, since 2001. Yeah. So. Well, I think, I think that's a, you know, that's a lesson for all of us to, to really embrace is that, you know, during the pandemic um, we've been forced, many of us to really look at technology differently and say, you know what, we really want to, we really want to harness technology in ways that we've never thought about before. So, um, you know, obviously that's, uh, that came about with your organization as well. Now, did that, did the pandemic years actually create any improvements for, or did you create any improvements because of the pandemic years? I noticed that we actually looked more of our internal data and cleaned up our own, our own house in a way that, you know, as you are a company of uh, legacy systems, yeah. but as people are more remote, you need to have data differently and access data differently. So I saw there's a lot of investment put into that for customer service and the sales team. But what I also um, admire about the Wang family is that we might not always hear what's going on, but they're always looking out for the next, what's the next thing to help our clients, you know, create product yeah. faster you know, help manufacturing, reduce the supply chain, reduce inventories. So they have been building on that uh, fit form and those, um, all those body scans. And so there's, I'll, we'll talk yeah. later, but they were planting the seeds, you know, even though it's been, it was a pandemic year, they did not stop investing in who Alvinon is. And that's about creating fits, uh, fit tools and standards to help this industry. Yeah, almost really accelerated some of your um, software and technology implementation to to really assist in the you know in the future a little bit quicker than maybe the pandemic you know had it not happened you wouldn't have gone that that fast that way. I think we've always gone that fast. It's just industry wasn't hadn't caught up yet, okay. and so I see industry catching up. And you know I'm going to give. Um, Avery a plug because it was my days around the barcode and then RFID. The investments were made by companies that could invest, but industry wasn't ready for it. Now you see RFID is like that. You, yeah. If you want to be successful, you need to have these type of data tools out there. And then it just grows, grows from there. So we've positioned ourselves way back when, but now it's helping people, meeting them where they're at and providing them guidance where they're at, right? Because yeah. there it's some investments make, but what can what can you do today with what you have and then position yourself to get you to where you need to be tomorrow and then and, and help you leapfrog. So I think that's that's what I love about this company is that um, we have a great team of people that just want to come in and listen and you know 
Well, so, so yeah, sounds like you really, uh, your company really was able to assist in the digital transformation, which we really see, you know, happening across all landscapes in in, in the corporate world, and and certainly the uh, apparel and and manufacturing hemispheres. You know, um, so when we take a look at uh, the challenges of twenty twenty three. I mean, um, you know, what what do you find today in Alvanon is the most challenging aspect of business? Yeah, we're what, four months into 2023. I think what we're seeing or I'm seeing, and I know some of my colleagues, is that people that we're working with, they know they need new tools, but they're not getting the budgets released sooner. And so that's a challenge as far as like they know that if they can get in a digital type supply chain to get product made faster, it's going to help get that to the client. But also what I what I see as a big challenge is they don't have help. It's the training. Yeah. It's getting the right people, even at every um, skill level. I was just in uh, Dominican Republic in Haiti at some uniform manufacturers. And then I was just in Puerto Rico for the U.S. Um, manufacturing for you know military uniforms. And the number one thing is sewing operators and really technicians. So it's that skill set, people in the workforce, which we're all facing, I think, on a regular basis. And, um, you know, how do we, what skills can we automate? And then so that allows you to function on, you know, that entire supply chain to get you from development to consumer. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no. So automate certain functions. I mean, I, I really do. Yeah, the the, wor- the workforce is challenged in, in many different uh, directions uh, all over the world uh, these days. Ever since the pandemic. So, yeah, very cool. Uh, so, so Joe, what what does Alvinon find today is the most challenging, or I shouldn't say challenging, but the most important message to send out to listeners of this podcast? What would you say that would be? I think one one of the challenges or the the recommendations would be is to explore new ways of doing things, to be open to listen to some additional considerations. You know, sustainability is a big buzzword and there's a lot to it, but we have to move our industry um, by, we have to abandon some of our old ways of thinking and replace it with efficient processes and digitalization can help deliver that. Um, and again, digital to yeah. me is a big word as well, yeah. but um, we Alvan can help in various ways because I think the biggest thing in this marketplace is how do you minimize inventories and less alterations for your client base because they are the people that are working for us and you know in hospitality municipalities and they don't have the big budgets so how can you take technology and and efficient processes and standards to help minimize you know those returns those I think alterations and the inventory carrying costs. And I think that's that's one of the important messages. Just be open to listen to where companies are today. You know, like us, Alvinon, we're not the same company we were three years ago. And I'm sure our listeners are not the same company. You know, more online is your messaging of what you're fitting or how you're fitting people, communicating effectively on your online platform. You know, so it's there's it's looking at your entire supply chain and how you're communicating that outward to your client base and just have conversations. Don't be conversations are free. You don't have to buy anything. You know, sure. so to me, that's you know, be be um, be open. 
And when you consider some of this openness, I mean, would it, would a tangible example be consider abandoning your old, old graded spec rules and embrace a new graded spec, you know, set of rules uh, when you're building your patterns? Would that be an example of it? it? It can be, but it depends because as we know, there's a lot of our clients that are out there now have mastered their grade rules for that client base, but Everyone has a different methodology. I would recommend explore different methodologies because we have Alvinon and we stand by it. We have a, a way of grading. Um, it's not the same across all the body shapes and people are getting bigger. Doesn't mean the garment has to get bigger as people get bigger or taller or smaller. So be open to investigate the different grade rules that are out there or methodologies and, um, then it's up to you to make that decision. We're not going to dictate, right? That's one thing is we'll, we'll provide data-led information and recommendations. And, you know, if it's not broken, don't fix it. But if it needs to be tweaked, tweak it. But if there's a big gap, you know, then how do you communicate that out? Because you have a customer that's probably wearing your product for years yep. and you might, you don't want to, you know, make them go away. It's just, again, another aspect. How do you communicate that yeah. if you do make a change? Great. Well, you know, it, it's so interesting. I know we talked about this in Las Vegas when we met that, you know, just to, if you talk to a pattern maker, which I remember talking to uh, one of our pattern makers and the, the gentleman said to me, Jeff, if you took these graded specs and you took these, you know, reverse engineered garments that you have and you gave them the three pattern makers, uh, they would come up with three different fits. And so, you know, this, this whole concept of, of fit is so vital today. And to be able to capture that, you know, by, you know, instead of looking so much at the graded spec rules that, that are assigned to it, you know, the fit is what you're really going after in today's modern uniform market. That's a great, great call out because I've, I've seen it in some of my client base. And today is, it goes back to standards. If you don't have a standard or a rule for your grading, you know, what I, what I see, and I, I'm not a pattern maker. I don't, you know, I would, and I know that we have a team behind that, but what I see is that it goes back to what is your pattern rooms? What's your standardization? Yeah. Do yeah. you have rules? Yeah. And is it by style? Cause a lot of people will take, won't go back to that, that, initial pattern or that block, you know, to build off that new style, they'll start with the style. They just, whoever was there last year or, you know, last week, and that's their starting point versus yeah. go back to the block or find whatever your starting point is, but always go back to that starting point and then build from there. Yeah. And it's that consistent grade rule that you're going to apply based on your gender and even based on, you know, if it's the sizing range too, because you might have a different grade rule, but stick to the same. Like again, can't stress the standards yeah. enough. Yeah. Going back to being open to going back to the starting point, you know, relooking at your standards, but you know, you've, you've used the word standard so many times. So <laughs> no, appreciate your insight on that. So where does, where does Alvinon see, I mean, I, I picture the, the Wang family you mentioned before they look, you know, they kind of look out and look to the horizon. So what, you know, being visionaries like they are, what, what do they see happening in the next three to five years that Alvinon's going to do to address it? I mean, we're, we're, we're looking towards 
where does our tools when it comes to avatars, where's the, the, you know, the metaverse, but what's happening with AI in the gaming industry and how, where do we need to be? So by, no, by looking towards the future or the future is here in some cases, how do we apply that to now and then keep enhancing and learning about it? So what I really like is that our company Janice, Jason, and Jonathan are always learning. They're always out there. They're always encouraging us to learn, to listen, to listen to different like, you know, AI and uh, chatbots and how to continue to elevate ourselves to be that, you know, go-to person for our client base. So by looking at these buzzwords out there, I really appreciate the fact that they dig into it. And they pull the noise away from it and say, okay, this is what we can do today. This is reality versus this is just somebody, you know, yeah. out there with a pipe dream. So um, I don't know if that answered the question yeah, well, or not, but, um, you know, th- that's has enabled Alvinon to survive all these years. And conti- I see it continuing to survive is how do we continue to take information yeah. in, a, in whatever format, right, from nano to digital now? And, and use that to the benefit of this industry and continue to make this industry grow and react better because yeah. it's changing. So, sounds like they know how to cut to the chase, <laughs> kind of clear the, yeah. clear the clutter away and get there. So, well, very cool. This, this, uh, yeah, I'd love to just talk about, you know, surviving, uh, striving and thriving. We've seen a lot of small companies go by the wayside uh, in the last three years. We've seen a lot of impact on the uh, job force the workforce uh, out there, it's it's been minimized. You know, a lot of retailers are having a tough time finding people to help out. So it's, it's a lot of dynamics are changing. But, you know, when we look back at the common threads um, of survival, I mean, what would you say, what would you say that Alvinon would identify as being the, the main thread that's held them together and allowed them to, uh, to grow? They're continuing experimentation. What helps is our company is, like I said earlier, is that they push us to learn new things. They push us to see what's going out in the, in, in the marketplace, but they make lots of experiments to try out new things and seeing how they work. They modify them to make them better and then making them part of our standard procedure. So it's depth and substance. And again, it's that willingness to learn and the willingness to share that knowledge with others. For an example, We'll be launching something in January 2024, relaunching it, but it came out in 2013. It, it has to do with, you know, mobile apps and all this that we tried, but the industry wasn't ready and we weren't ready as you start going into that. But because they were, weren't afraid to experiment back then, now it's like, okay, we know so much more. We have so much information. We're already working in AI. How do we take that AI technology? And clean up our clean up all the scans we have to make them a true personal avatar. So I think that's what's exciting about the company is that they don't they don't sit down. We might not hear from them every day or every every week, yeah. but I know that they're they're working on something to keep us keep Dr. Wang's like legacy alive of yeah of the product, but also okay. how to teach it to us, right? Because okay. they're big about teaching. So as you strive, as you strive as a company to go forward, do you have any new products or initiatives or, or developments that are going to impact the uh, uniform marketplace in the, in the next, you know, three to five years? 
Most definitely. So, you know, if you go back to, you know, one, the biggest thing is creating that standard. And then if you identify what your, that physical fit form is, and then those avatars is we've launched last few years, the Alvin on body platform. Well, that platform is going to be open to more people to, to utilize that. And you'll be able to take your, me as a consumer, I can scan or take, or plug in my dimensions or my measurements and I'll be good enough. But then I'll be able to marry that avatar, which is really me without the hair <laughs> into what my consumer or my client say, XYZ company, their avatar. And you'll be able to overlay and see where you're, where you fit, where you physically fit in that garment. So I think that's, it's, it's working with the front end facing with the consumer but it's really more than that because you're going to get a more of a, yeah. a fit for your body. So we're just building on what yeah. we know and building on all these 2 million plus scans that we've cleaned up and we know of every demographic out there. And I think that's where we have that advantage and that we're, we're staying in our lane. We're not making, you know, we're, we want to still continue to be that number one person you go to when it comes to fit. And, and, and understanding that underlying body, which garments are put on. Yeah. Well, it's a very interesting concept. I almost, I almost envision like uh, two silhouettes overlapped and you can see how one avatar compares to another and to that, you know, standard fit or that better fit. And, and really can, you can almost visualize some of these modifications that need to be made. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely. It's, uh, it's amazing, but, um, well, it sounds great. So what, um, just to kind of, we're kind of zeroing in on the end here, but what would you say is the biggest hurdle for our industry to embrace, to, to have successful, you know, client success, if you will, in, in the future, what's the biggest change that our industry has to embrace? Okay. This is my opinion. The hurdle is educating yourself on where you will fit in your supply chain. Learn that job in front of you and learn that job behind you. Where do you impact that? Because it's really about that connection and understanding your role. And if you're designing something or if you're manufacturing something or if you're picking a fabric, what does the impact of that mean? Yeah. Because if you don't know, if you're a great designer, um, but you don't know how the, if you don't know the manufacturing process, it might be the beautiful design you have, but you can't get it through manufacturing. You're not going to be able to fulfill your client um, requirements. So to me, it's learn each other's process, ask the why, compromise, and 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 don't be afraid to ask questions. I know people might come yeah. in like, I'm always asking questions, but um, it's the more you ask, the easier yeah. it gets. And you never know. I mean, you go back to basics. Well, great. <laughs> oh, great answer. I appreciate it. So let, let me ask a, a question. Rick, Rick loves to ask this. Would you, uh, would you invite one of your relatives to come, a young relatives to, to come into this industry? And if so, why? Absolutely. Um, I tried. I, I, um, I have two nieces that are, uh, had a fashion design and IT majors. And so this industry, if you look at it, it's, it's not just making a garment. And it's to really like, you could be an engineer, you can be a scientist because there's, there's thread there. You could be a colorist. You're an artist. 
So it's exciting. And we just don't talk about it that way. We talk about, oh my gosh, we're not an inventory and this needs this, but right. all the components, it is a work of art, but it also opens up like, you know, now with robotics and engineering and how do you improve this process? We haven't given the PR. I mean, people have tried, but it's, it's almost like building a car. It's more complicated than building a car, to be honest, because there's so many more co components involved, but it doesn't have to be that way. It's streamlining that. And we need fresh ways of thinking. We need designers to think like a manufacturer and a manufacturer to think like a designer and come together. And I think to me, there's, you know, I gave this when I was with my other company, I went to a high school and they were like, what, what jobs are out there? Well, all these jobs, yeah. right? You know, if you just sit down and break it down and, you know, if there's anyone that has kids in college and getting out, I'm more than happy to just, you know, pick up the phone and have yeah. them call me. And, and like, it's exciting. This is, we're in a good industry. We get a bad rap. We always get all the, you know, the tariffs and all that. But if we come together, we can, um, we can change it the where where it needs to change. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of creativity in this market for sure. There's no question about it. Well, great. So, what's the best piece of advice you could give to a young professional? I mean, what would you say, regardless whether they own their own company or they're working for another company? What's the best piece of advice? Get involved in the industry. Join associations. Okay. Don't just join one. If you can't join an association, show up to some industry meetings. There's people that have, you know one year on the job to 30 plus years on the job. Mm -hmm. And the more you know, the more you network. To me, my motto is your network is your net worth. And if you're stuck on something, that collaboration, there's more collaboration. People are willing, they want, you know, they want you to ask. The second piece of advice would be, if you need something at your, if you need something, ask for it. It's a 50-50 shot, you're going to get it. But when you ask, give the reason why you need it. And nine times out of 10, be proactive in your own destiny. Because if you don't ask, you don't get. That's <laughs> Yeah, wow, well, great. No, great, great. Well, thank you so much, uh, Joe. We really appreciate it. This is Jill and Jeff saying thank you, everyone. We'll see you next show. Thanks so much. Thank you very much. I appreciate it.